set up to play. I'ma make a move. Before the first beer of the tailgate is cracked, before the fans swarm the stands, and before the Hawkeyes take the field, KGYM Sports Radio breaks down this weekend's Iowa football game. This is Before the Boom. Before the Boom. Here's your host, Spencer Wagan. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another week of the Before the Boom podcast here on KGYM or with the KGYM guys here uh, as uh, we preview big matchup in Iowa City, the big noon kickoff game, the Hawkeyes and the Michigan Wolverines. Not really a noon start, 11 a.m. start, but... You know, everything runs on Eastern time with those TV networks as we welcome you into the Circus Sports Iowa studio here uh, for another week. Spencer Wagan, my name. I host Spencer on Sports every weekday from 2 until 3 here at KGYM. The gym class, the duo, the dy- dynamic duo themselves, Scott Unash and Mark Dukes across the t- uh, across the way from me. They're uh, on the air every weekday from 3 until 4. And then, per usual, one half of the Todd Brommelkamp show with Alex Kuhn. That's Mr. Todd Brommelkamp. He is over to the uh, right of me on this uh, week as we wrap up the month of September and kick off the month of October with another top five battle uh, or a battle against a top five team inside Kinnick Stadium. And uh, we'll get into uh, this being upset. It's going to be part of the conversation today, guys. But before we start, we got to look back to uh, last week. Hawkeyes went into a quote-unquote sold-out uh, SHI Stadium in Piscataway, <laughs> define, define sold out. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, all kidding aside, uh, a game that we knew was going to be a tough one. You know, it's Rutgers, yeah, but only played them twice uh, uh, before last weekend. Uh, Rutgers team that's trying to find their footing under Greg Schiano. But important thing is Iowa got the win, 3-1, and 1-0 in the Big Ten. Heading into an important game here uh, here this week against the Wolverines. What were your takeaways from Saturday's win? Two well, more, was several. I think. I mean, the two storylines going in was the the number, which was what three thirty three and a half, thirty four, mm-hmm. and it went over, and the punting, puntapalooza, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. didn't really pan out. I mean, both guys had decent days, averaging forty two and change. Mm-hmm. But it was Taylor who won the Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week, four punts inside the 20. So that was kind of a wash. I I think there were glimmers of hope with the Iowa offense, even though it only gained 277 yards. There were glimmers, uh, but still some problem areas. Only one one wide receiver catch. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of nine on third downs. Um, that's not going to work against the foe this weekend. Iowa had one more defensive score than they had third down conversions uh, in that game. and But it's a win on the road in the Big Ten, and you take them, and you, uh, and you cherish them, and you come back home, uh, celebrate it for 24 hours and get ready for Michigan. But um, the legend of Cooper DeGene keeps growing mm-hmm. and yeah. growing. And, you know, as many people that want him to play offense grows, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and I never say never. It could be one play that they're working on that they could spring upon Michigan or somebody like that. But he's not going to sit back there in the Wildcat. He's too valuable. Um, and it's just not going to work out. But man alive, he made a heck of a play. Merriweather has been terrific. The defense continues to do great things. Um 
I thought the offense may have taken a couple of steps forward. Uh, still is not where the fan base wants it to be. It's obviously not where the coaches want it to be. But, uh, again, a win is a win. You will get nothing new from me and like it, other than the fact that <laughs> obviously losing Justin Jacobs, especially for this weekend but moving forward, is going to be a big blow to the Iowa defense. But incremental progress has been made, especially on the offensive line. And I think as hard as it is for some fans to remember, Kirk Ferentz's teams have a track record of getting better in October and November. And so you take what you see in September with a grain of, of salt. They're 3-1, and one, and they're going to get the real test Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, I think it was Mark and Scott, you, you both talked about, uh, you know, you can't judge the game based on the on the stats. Uh, and, and you look at the stats for this game against Rutgers, Iowa with the 129 rushing yards, 148 passing yards. That totals out to 277 total yards of offense. Meanwhile, you see Rutgers with 361 total yards of offense, and you're thinking, well, maybe they blew Iowa out of the water. But really... It was that defense, uh, the defense forcing, what, three turnovers, uh, getting two scores off it. You mentioned Cooper DeGene looking like Willie Mays out there with the over-the-shoulder catch and maybe showing some offensive instincts, uh, finding, the, finding the lanes and returning that for the score. And then uh, Sebastian Castor, who got, uh, who got pushed into some duty, had been a, been a very good player when he's seen the field, uh, forcing that fumble. And then Kayvon Merriweather, who had the interception as well, uh, in the game, returning that for the score. And, uh, you know, I'll toot my own horn here. I said there was going to be at least one defensive score. I think two is better than one. So <laughs> I guess I could take at least partial credit for what happened uh, uh, last week uh, in, in Piscataway. So, uh, you know, a win's a win. Uh, you know, it, there's always going to be the people that say, well, you only beat Rutgers. And, you know, we, we had that conversation last week talking about the Nevada game, right? Uh, you know, oh, you only beat Nevada. You only beat Nevada 27 to nothing in a game that had – you know, 11 billion, give or take, uh, weather delays uh, as part of it that lasted seven hours well into Sunday morning. But uh, I think we all talked about this at one point or another during our shows this week. It's important to have at least a little bit of momentum, a little bit of incremental progress going into uh, going into a stiff test, as opposed to saying, oh, well, you know, we're 0-1 of the Big Ten, and now we got Michigan, and then, you know, you start to maybe think ahead, oh, Illinois is coming up, Ohio State's coming up. Uh, you know, I don't think Iowa would ever have kind of like a woe is me attitude, but you've seen it before with other teams where you have one loss snowball into another, into another, into another. So really especially important, at least from my perspective, to get the win regardless of who the opponent was and move on to uh, to a tough test here on Saturday. No, I would agree. Everything you said right there. And yeah, if you get a road win like that and uh, hey, you cherish them. You cherish him. It doesn't matter what it looks like, and it, at times it wasn't the prettiest thing. And Drew Stevens is also getting better, too. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. Uh, I think Iowa may have found a kicker. Nothing against Aaron Blom or anything like that, but um, Stevens so far has, has come through whenever his name has been called. Looking forward, I go back to my opening comments uh, on the Rutgers game about only one wide receiver catch, and that was by Arlen Bruce for... 10 yards, no Keegan Johnson again this week. That's a head-scratcher to me. Uh, Soft tissue, Kirk Ferentz says. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what that all means, but it's kept him down. Mm -hmm. And Nico Ragaini, (laughs) 
was officially changed on the uh, Iowa media that it was. release. Uh, being back, but he wasn't a factor, right? Despite having seventy, eighty friends and family in the in the stands in that game. Beyond that, you've got Brody Brecht, who was targeted three or four times against Nevada. Man, you gotta you gotta get more production. Um, maybe Iowa didn't need to throw to the wide receivers against Rutgers. Use the tight ends, run the ball, get out of the game with a win. I'm going to be looking at uh, at the wide receiver position here. Yeah, especially against a Michigan defense, and we'll talk a little bit more about them as we preview the Wolverines here in just a moment. But uh, Michigan defense, that it, it's not the same defense the Hawkeyes saw in Indianapolis. Uh, obviously, the two big pieces, Aiden Hutchinson, he's now in the Detroit Lions. David Ajabo is, is in the NFL as well. But still some good players uh, left. I know they have a new defensive coordinator, too. Uh, but still, this is a Michigan defense that, uh, especially up front against the Iowa offensive line, which is still trying to find their footing, or a young offensive line, this, uh, this ca- could cause some problems, what I'm trying to say, uh, in this uh, this game on Saturday. But again, incremental progress. We know the Hawkeyes are, are still trying to uh, find the, the rotation that they want in there, but uh, that time and those players have to be able and be ready to step up here uh, right away with this big-time opponent coming in Saturday. Very true, very true. And the one thing about Michigan, and you know, I'm sure we'll get more into it, but the thing that has really impressed me this year about the Wolverines is the fact that they, yes, they don't have Aiden Hutchinson. They don't have others. But to me, the overall speed, especially on the defensive side, is even up from last year. Uh, they know what they have to do. They have to keep up with the Joneses. They have to keep up with that school down south. I'm going to play Michigan there. <laughs> <laughs> that school down south. But, uh, you know, the names might not be as familiar, but I think that they overall 1-11, to it might be a better unit. Todd, what have you uh, heard, read, and seen about the Michigan defense so far this year? Well, they're good. I remember a very late night in Indianapolis last December, but as we've covered, it's not the same team. And you look at what Michigan has done this year, they haven't really played anybody. They got their first test last week against Maryland, and they had to scrap and claw. Now, I think Maryland is better than a lot of people probably gave them yeah. credit for mm-hmm. coming in at the beginning of the season. But Colorado State, Hawaii, and Connecticut, it's a really weak non-conference schedule so the one time that Michigan was tested it was last week and they survived but they haven't played a game outside of the big house yet this is going to be their first game on the road Kinnick Stadium it's going to be loud Jim Harbaugh knows exactly what he's taken this team into and I think I think we're in for a pretty good game on Saturday yeah it's there's always that there's a couple different factors here our first Iowa's had tremendous success uh, as we all know, against top five teams in Kinnick Stadium. Uh, they've won, what, the last four against Michigan specifically uh, inside Kinnick Stadium, and one of those wins against the top five team was back in 2016. You talk about Drew Stevens, the, the freshman kicker. I know he was asked about that down in Iowa City this week. Uh, have you seen Keith Duncan's highlights? And Keith <laughs> Duncan at the time was a freshman kicker. And so are we setting ourselves up for 14-13, 12-10, some other combination of a score like that uh, you know who knows we're going to see how it plays out uh, on Saturday but 
there's there's that factor. It's going to be uh, you know a great crowd on hand. It's the black and gold spirit game. I know it's the, something I found out late this week. The 2002. Yep. Big Ten champion uh, uh, reunion, uh, 20 years, which is absolutely insane to think that that was 20 years ago. Brad Banks is the honorary captain. So there's a lot of juice uh, inside uh, inside Kinnick. And I know Spencer Petrus and Kirk Ferentz were both asked about this this week, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on, on this possible, you know, like a, some sort of revenge uh, motive from the loss in Indianapolis uh, last year. How much do you think, and we'll hear from Spencer Petrus here momentarily, how much do you think, looking back to the uh, the game in Indianapolis, the Big Ten Championship game, the 42-3 to loss, how much do you think that will play into the motivation for the Hawkeyes this week? If I had been on the field, yeah, it's in my mind. But it's a matter of doing it as well. The, the way in which the Iowa lost that championship game to Michigan was unlike how they lost the championship game to Michigan State. Right. Uh, very much so. But yeah, uh, if if you're an athlete, you're going to be thinking about that game, and what went wrong. Uh, how can we make it better? We're at home. We should feel comfortable. Uh, I think revenge is sometimes overrated. Depends on the player, the coach, whatnot. But um, it's going to be on my mind. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's it's human nature, no doubt about that. Um, you're going to want to make up for what went wrong last year um it was not uh, a coincidence that the iowa michigan game was on the televisions on tuesday that eh, wasn't a coincidence uh, and they may re- rotate four three or four games whatever and i and i probably believe kirk on that but and the one that uh, was fresh in their mind was was rolling uh when people came into uh the football uh offices on tuesday so yeah, absolutely. Now, is it the the number one thing to hang your hat on? No, but I agree with Mark. I mean, you got that in the back of your mind that, hey, we were better than this showing last year. We, we're going to prove it today. I think if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that if Mark was on the field last December, the score would not have been 42-3. to <laughs> <laughs> May have been a little bit higher. Wouldn't have been that close. But... <laughs> I look in in being there Tuesday and talking with the guys. There's the the company line, mm-hmm. and then like Scott said, Mark said, and and I still think back almost 25 years ago. I can picture baseball games in my head from high school. So mm-hmm. these guys are competitors, and they're going to use that for motivation. Some of the guys, Kayvon Merriweather, he's a Michigan guy. I don't think he was necessarily trying to hide that fact other guys spencer petrus a little bit uh, more coy about that but they definitely i don't want to say revenge but it's a new year two new teams and i think they want to go out and make a statement and i think that the last four games have weighed on this team as well this is their opportunity to make a statement to that fan base that the portion of the fan base that you guys may have doubted us we're getting better and here's the proof well, let's hear that uh, maybe company line from Spencer Petrus. Here's what he had to say about uh, playing an underdog role against a blue blood like Michigan, and asked if uh, he was asked if they use last year's title game as motivation. You know, I think um, most of the guys in this program, you know, on this team, for the most part, were weren't recruited by Michigan, weren't recruited by Ohio State, weren't recruited by Penn State. Um, you know, obviously there's some that, that probably were, but. Uh, 
you know, we feel that, you know, we can play with any team. And I think our program has showed that over the years that, um, you know, as under-recruited as we may be, you know, we still, you know, consistently are a pretty, pretty good football team. So um, I think it's something to take pride in. Uh, and But really it doesn't mean anything if we don't go out there and, and play well on Saturday. So that's, that's the main focus. Yeah. Do, you, do you use last year's championship game as motivation at all, or do you try not to think about what happened in December? Yeah, I, I think, you know, yes and no, which is, um, you know, obviously no one wants to feel, no one likes, I'd be shocked if, you know, I don't know the last time I lost by 39 points. Uh, I'd say the same for most of the guys on the team. Uh, it's never fun. Uh, so in that way, yeah, it's definitely motivation, but, um, you know, it's, it's just important to realize that, you know, 2021 was 2021, and this is a new year. Um, that, you know, they don't get to carry any of those points over. Uh, it's a new team. Uh, you know, they have a new team. We have a new team. So um, the opportunity is all in front of us there. 2021 is 2021. New team is a new team. You know, you're going to hear that, but I I believe I agree with uh, all of us. I think we all we all agree here that uh, there's uh, – there's no, I be. agree with you. You agree with me? <laughs> You're agreeing with me. Okay. I'm agreeing with Scott and Mark. So I think we're all in agreement. Okay, we are. Uh, that... Central DeWitt has never lost a baseball game 42-3. to <laughs> <laughs> You want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but Spencer Petrus makes makes a good point. You know, it, they are different teams, but, yeah, I, like I said, I agree with all of you that uh, we're, uh, you know, there, there's there's a little small piece of the pie. It might not be 75% of the pie that's, uh, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, uh, upset, uh, upset-minded or, or remembering that upset or remembering that game from Indianapolis, but it's uh, maybe 25%, maybe just, 15%. Just, uh, on the opposite side, Jim Harbaugh doesn't have really good memories of Kinnick Stadium. Nope. Nope. And it goes back to 85 when he apparently couldn't hear call signals <laughs> and he has not had much success at Kinnick Stadium. Right. So how does he handle that? We'll see. It's louder now than it was in 1985. Yes. Yeah, I can attest to that having been down on the field in that north end zone in the closing minutes of some pretty close games and I anticipate it's going to be loud again today and there's something about Michigan when it comes to Iowa City Call it kryptonite, whatever you want to. You mentioned the statistics about their performance here in the last, was it six games or something like that? I think they won't admit it. Harbaugh won't admit it. But sooner or later, I think that starts to set foot in your head a little bit. Now, I think it's in the back of his mind that they just can't have success in Iowa City for whatever reason. And that, that certainly won't hurt Iowa's cause on Saturday because they need all the help they can get. Last four games in Iowa City played in this series. The Hawkeyes have won, like I mentioned earlier. It goes back to uh, 2009, the uh, the Orange Bowl season, winning 30-28. to Then in 2011, uh, winning 24-16. And then uh, in uh, 20, uh, six, uh, 2013, excuse me, the 24-21 victory there. And then uh, ahead to 2016, the Keith Duncan, the aforementioned game. One stat to point out, though, too, uh, you look back at the last two games, uh, the 2019 game at the Big House, and then the uh, the championship game uh, last December, Iowa's been outscored 52 to three against Michigan, uh, and some very good Michigan defenses. But I think that that's kind of, <clears throat> pardon me, the one of the things that's kind of, and you know, I don't want to beleaguer the, this point again, but outscored 52 to three in two games, and that that game in 2019 was a very winnable game because Iowa's defense was was incredible that year too. 
if the offense can just get going and do their part, Iowa has a chance. And, you know, they won ugly in 2016, so I'm not saying it can't be done. But uh, I feel like at least my thoughts, and we'll get to our predictions here momentarily, but the defense, I think, can do their part on Saturday. It's just can the offense continue to make progress to get progress against a really good Michigan defense? It starts, yeah, it starts in the offensive line, and... George Barnett, the new offensive line coach at Iowa, met the media this week and said, and I'm paraphrasing, that some of the building blocks are coming coming about and being stacked on one another. And to Todd's earlier point about uh, Iowa <clears throat> playing its best football in October, November, it starts on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And um, we've seen five guys who are – you know, we're out there most of the time. Tyler Ellsbury got some more time uh, the last two weeks. But if it can continue to grow, uh, the, the offense will get better. What's the number the Iowa offense has to put up on Saturday to win this football game? Anybody? Mm. That's that's. I think it's got they what, got to score the, at least it, 17. Say what you're going to say, because I know what you're going to say, and I agree with you before you even say I, it. How how much can the defense hold Michigan to? There you go. Because Michigan, yeah. I mean, Blake Corum. It's a combination. I, again, Michigan, and I'm not trying to downplay Michigan's success, but they played three teams who are ranked in the bottom 100 or whatever in college football with Colorado State, Hawaii, uh, is and, and UConn's just atrocious. Um, you know, Corum had a fantastic game against Maryland, who's got a poor rush defense. So now, I know, Todd, you and Alex talked about this this week. Uh, on your show, I uh, believe Alex was really brought it up. It's kind of the reverse script here, where Iowa's got a really good rush defense, a really good defense in general, against a not so great offense. And it's the reverse of what you saw with Maryland last week. When when you're looking at things from a Michigan perspective, they've got a not so great defense, but Talia Tagovailoa and Rakim Jarrett and the weapons they have on offense can move the ball and they could score. So it's kind of the opposite here. What does the defense need to hold Michigan to uh, for the offense to have a chance to win? The number is 20. I think if Michigan scores 20 points or fewer, Iowa wins the football game. Yeah. But if Blake Corum gets hot, and I don't want to discount J.J. McCarthy either because he's had a fine season, uh, and they've got some really good uh, receivers, uh, solid tight end play too. Uh, You know, if if he gets hot, you know, say Iowa – Bottles up Blake Corum, but J.J. McCarthy beats you through the air. Uh, you know, then then I think uh, anything above twenty, I think you're right, Todd, is is, is going to be tough for the Iowa offense to uh, to overcome. Does Iowa win without a defensive score? They're not going to win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they may they may not win. They're not going to win any game this year without a defensive score. True. I mean, that just is sort of the way that things look like they're shaping up. Yeah. Yeah, or, or or you know, you say defensive score or a something similar to what you saw in the Iowa State game. Uh you know, a block punt uh, that sets up a sixteen yard field or an interception. We saw that in the in the Penn State game. Or last punting year. is winning. Or Tory Taylor, you know, uh dropping six punts inside the twenty and then uh sacking JJ McCarthy for eight safeties. I don't know, but it's <laughs> the, the the defense is going to going to need to make some plays. Special teams gonna to continue to make some plays. Uh, and the Iowa offense is going to need to take advantage. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that every week from here on out, probably uh, uh, in the Big Ten season, Iowa offense needs to take advantage of what the defense and special teams. Uh, Despite is. the weak non-conference schedule, Michigan apparently has a very balanced uh, offensive attack. J.J. McCarthy, eighty percent, 
completion percentage. You mentioned Blake Quorum. But when we talked to Brandon Justice of Maize and Blue Review this week, Scott, and one of our texters said he was a homer. <laughs> Be that as a man. A Michigan reporter being a homer? Huh? <laughs> uh, he pointed out that McCarthy is only 18 years old <clears throat> and will be until January. True. And hasn't entered this type of environment uh, all too often. He did play in the championship game, I think, but Cade McNamara mm-hmm. was the starter in that game. So keep an eye on that, too. It's... It's going to be, uh, you know, I hate to make the generic comment, but it's going to be an interesting game. And and because you just look at Iowa's success against top five teams in Kinnick Stadium. You look at how good Michigan has been to start this year. Yeah, they struggled a little bit against Maryland, but ended up passing that test. They've got, you know, obviously their eyes on, on bigger prizes this year. I see Penn State, of course, Michigan State. Uh, and Ohio State, of course, uh, they want to make it two in a row against the Buckeyes for the first time in, uh, you know, again, 11 billion years, <laughs> give or take, there coming up at the end of the season. But uh, uh, I don't think Michigan is going to look past this. At the same time, though, it's 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 Kinnick. It's where top five teams. Top, what was the line this week? Top five teams go to die. Yep. And it's uh, there's there's a lot of different things that uh, that might might play into uh, to Saturday's contest. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, if, if Iowa can do it, you know, this is, you know, a, a big a big moment for this team because if Iowa can win this game, uh, does it prove, you know, all the, all the, all the doubters, all the quote-unquote haters wrong? No, because there's still issues with this team. But it's, it's a good stepping stone to – Possibly defending your Big Ten West title in in what still I think is a wide open race. I've said on the air before. I think Minnesota is the best team in the in the West right now, uh, but you still have to play them if you're Iowa. And this is an opportunity to really get the ball ro- rolling and talk about and and turn that talk about improvement in October and November uh, into into a reality. Seems like this road has been traveled. Yeah, early struggles, grousing. Quarterback controversies, whatever, and then boom, Iowa beats Penn State. Mm-hmm. Boom, Iowa shellacks Ohio State. Right, and it's a, it's not a total season quite yet. Far from it. Mm-hmm. But this is a really, and I'm having a hard time recalling a three week, four week, if you want to include the bye week stretch, where Iowa has had this difficult of. A stretch here, Michigan, and then at Illinois, at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Illinois is going to be a tough game, night game. Brett Bielema has got that circled, and then going to Columbus. So, yeah, they get better as the season goes along. But this three week stretch right here just feels really, really pivotal. They they get, they have to come out of it, in my opinion, with two wins if they're going to have a above board season. And one of those wins is going to have to be either Michigan or Illinois. Because right. if you've seen Ohio State, <laughs> you saw. You saw. You're talking about better than six and six, right, Todd? I well, I don't have the circuit hat, on <laughs> but yeah, I I think if you want to have a an eight win season, you got to win two of the next three. Right. Anything yeah. less than that, and that they could be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, you, we all saw what Ohio State did to Wisconsin last weekend and uh 
Yeah. I, similar things, I, I feel like, might be on the horizon for the Hawkeyes if uh, things don't go their way uh, in Columbus. But uh, some winnable games. Some We know it's going to be tough from here on out because it's Big Ten opponents, uh, you know, even including that Rutgers game last week. But uh, it all starts here uh, with, uh, with Michigan. We will uh, get our predictions, uh, our final thoughts here in just a moment. Uh, we'll take a look at the Big Ten momentarily as well. But do want to remind you that uh, before the boom, weekly podcast is brought to you by Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. There's a hidden treasure on the banks of Squaw Creek, serving up down-home meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Try their Friday night special of seasoned prime rib that's been smoking all day long. Or you could try their Saturday night special, smoked barbecue brisket, uh, for great food and hospitality in a rustic, family-friendly atmosphere Come to Edith Lucille's, excuse me, Bait Shack and Wing Depot. Carry out available. Find their menu at baitshackfun.com. Mark, we are still waiting on those samples. I don't know what's uh, what the delay is, but we'll work on that for, for future weeks. You brought it up last week, so I'm putting you on the spot. But, uh, I know the folks that run it, so okay. I, you know I may be able to send out a text. Right. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens later out of the season. Bio but, wins; they may be giving them away. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Just uh, saying that. Now, now don't. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, Big Ten this week. Uh, some interesting matchups this week. Minnesota coming off their win over uh, Michigan State, where there's crushed Sparty uh, last week in East Lansing. They've got Purdue. Uh, and I'm not sure if Aiden O'Connell is going to play. He didn't play against Florida Atlantic, and they almost lost, which is a bad look if you're Purdue. Uh, but they won. Minnesota looking to keep the train rolling against Purdue. Uh, I'm going to be a bun- around a bunch of uh, Badger fans on Saturday, so I'm sure they're going to be grousing and griping maybe at uh, this game. Wisconsin taking on Brett Bielema, uh, his first return to Madison uh, since taking over the head coach of the Illini and also an 11 a.m. start along with the Minnesota-Purdue game. Poor Rutgers. they got to go to Ohio State after Not losing fun. to Iowa. Uh, that game is a 2.30 kickoff in Columbus. Do we say poor Northwestern after what's happened to them with three straight losses? they got to go to Penn State. Michigan State, Maryland. Uh, can Sparty bounce back from a couple of rough losses? Can Maryland uh, uh, continue the momentum that they gained by playing a close game with Michigan last week? And then the nightcap, Indiana and Nebraska. I can feel the excitement radiating from all of us here in the room. Two things. I think one, if you're Northwestern, you just focus on 2026 and moving into the new days. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) And the other thing, I think that Michigan State-Maryland game is really interesting because of what happened to Michigan State last weekend. Mm -hmm. They backed up the donors, backed up the Brinks truck for Mel Tucker last year, Mm -hmm. and they lose last week, and they very well could lose. This Maryland Watch game this how weekend. quickly and it is gonna the, get ugly. The in East fine Lansing. print is looked at in East Lansing, <laughs> <laughs> and that Purdue Purdue Minnesota I think is an eliminator game in the in the West for Minnesota. If they beat Purdue, it's one one fewer team they're going to have to worry about. I agree with you. They look like they are on a collision course for their first trip to Indianapolis, but they still have to get past Iowa. They still have to get past Wisconsin. But Mark and I said this week, this is that game every year. That Minnesota somehow loses mm. when they shouldn't. Not saying they're going to, but this is kind of that game. Minnesota, I believe, has Illinois yet. Uh, they also, I believe, have to go to Penn State. Yes, uh, you know that uh, that's not a West Eliminator game, the Penn State game, but uh, some some tough matchups coming up uh, for uh, the Gophers. Uh, Illinois, Wisconsin. Uh, there's there's quite a few Wisconsin fans that 
are are crowing. I saw last week. Okay, you know you're playing Ohio State, so your your expectations need to be tempered. But some Badger fans calling for Paul Chris to be fired. Oh, that's stupid. It's one of those. It's one of those. Be careful what you wish for kind of things. Because like, I I don't know. I just feel like they need better quarterback play. Yeah, how's the trademark going? Uh, <laughs> not not there. Well, there uh, there was an article this week that they are. Uh, going to be using Braylon Allen more at Wildcat. Yeah. So that is how much confidence I think they have in Graham can, Mertz. Can we all just talk about how amazing November 12th is going to be when <laughs> Iowa and Wisconsin get together? Five to three. <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be interesting. Well, that's the, the Big Ten slate. Guys, time to hold the feet to the fire. What happens this week? Iowa and Michigan. Do the Hawkeyes claim another top five team at Kinnick? I'll go anyway, first. I, anyway. You know what? I will go first because I think one of two things is going to happen. Either Iowa is going to lose this game 38-2 to because <laughs> they can't <laughs> score any points, or Iowa is they're going to get that magic number of 20. They're going to hold the Michigan offense below 20 points, and Iowa is going to win 20-17. to And I have been saying it all week long. Iowa's going to win this game. Now, we can do edit. Can I can I record the one where I say that it's 38-2 to two and then you edit and splice it? In? Oh, no? Okay. We'll take, <laughs> I'm sticking to it. 20-17. to 17. This is the type of season-turning victory that Iowa gets. There's something about Michigan coming to town. I can't say I will eat my hat if Michigan <laughs> wins this football game because, well, I'm running out of hats. But I think Iowa has what it takes to win this football game. 20 to 17. Uh, I'd feel better if it was a night game <laughs> and a little marinating is throughout any, the day. Is there any lightning in the. <laughs> no. It, it could turn into a night game. I think we're going to be uh, weather like free. Sunny in 72. Yeah. It's a no beautiful, beautiful forecast. Um, I think Iowa keeps it close, but it's just too much team speed. And I just don't see this offense scoring. 20 points against Michigan. 20, 21-13 Wolverines. This won't be close. It won't be Michigan's victory. I'm a believer in Blake Corum. Uh, despite the uh, kind of a weak non-conference schedule, he's good running back. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, you know, if he doesn't come through, you got Cade McNamara to come in. Proven. They're both proven. And this defense, very fast. It's the Michigan defense is going to create the turnovers more likely than Iowa's. Sorry. Michigan 23-6. to six. Yeah, I think it comes down uh, uh, for me to the Michigan defense against the Iowa offensive line. Uh, if, if, if Iowa gives Spencer Petras time to throw, if they open up running lanes for uh, the Williamses or, or uh, Caleb Johnson, who had a pretty good game, a solid game against uh, – uh, Rutgers uh, last week and has had some solid uh, uh, appearances, I should say, in the Nevada and Rutgers game. I think uh, Iowa has a shot to win uh, if they can force turnovers and, and, again, like we talked about, take advantage of uh, of, of those turnovers uh, with short fields or uh, have a defensive score or two or maybe three will set the bar a little bit higher from last week. Uh, they have definitely have a chance to win. I think Michigan's just too good of a team. It's going to be close, but I'll say – uh, 23-13 Michigan wins. I will say, for those of you who listened to our season predictions, I did have Iowa winning this game, but just haven't seen that improvement on offense that I thought we'd see that led me to believe they'd win the game. So. Can I amend my pick? Sure. Unless Brad Banks 
Suits up. Does he have eligibility left? Yeah, of course I think not. so. We're going to know more about these two teams after this game, though. Yep. Much more. Michigan uh, ahead, by the way. They've got Indiana, Penn State, and Michigan State their next three. So a tough one against Penn State. A game against Sparty, I feel like they could win that one rather easily if the same Sparty team that showed up the last couple weeks. But this is definitely a game in which uh, the Hawkeyes uh, need it as a springboard toward a toward a solid uh, solid season. Hey, if you're looking for omens and and meaningless trends, okay, we were talking with Jay Foster earlier in the week, and I can't remember the exact trend. There's some in the weeds statistic. Michigan is like one and six against the spread the week before it plays Indiana. For whatever reason, <laughs> okay. again, it's a trend, and it doesn't mean anything, but Indiana's up next on the schedule for the Wolverines. Well, we'll see. And it. when it happens, you can say, well, that man is a genius <laughs> right there. No, I I think this is going to be a good football game. I hope it's a good football game, because if it's not, then things are going to get really ugly. Even though it's Michigan, right? I think people have just been, the mob has been at due the last couple weeks. It's almost like there's a portion of the fan base that wants them to lose so that they can get angry. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. they very well could lose Saturday. I mean, I, I'm i not going to sit here and poo-poo any of your picks. I'm on an island. I deserve to be. But there will be a portion of the fan base that will be upset, let's say, uh, when we reconvene on Monday for local programming if Iowa loses this game and doesn't look good. Can you look good in a loss? Yeah. If they look bad in a loss, mm-hmm. oh, the pitchforks are coming out. Brooksy, Brooksy also picked Iowa. I some you know <laughs> somebody has to do it. Bob's yeah. gone. <laughs> <clears throat> if, you're not on an island. <laughs> if, you, if your thirty-eight to two prediction comes, uh, it comes was true. <laughs> hey, it was thirty-eight to four. It was thirty-eight to three, and then it was thirty-eight to two when I said it. So one of those two things is going to happen. Can't get a single. I'm just going to open up the phone lines now just to see what uh, see what happens. There had there may be some obscure rule somewhere that says you can a have a touchdown and an extra point, and the touchdown gets taken away, and you get stuck with a one point. I wouldn't put anything past Iowa at this point to figure out how to score one point. This in a is not a Big game. Twelve game. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Guys, thanks as always. Producer Ben, appreciate your uh, help behind the scenes as well. This is the Before the Boom podcast from KGYM. Enjoy the game. KGYM Sports Radio brings you the best in Iowa football pregame programming with the Before the Boom podcast. Listen to the podcast each week before Iowa takes the field. Available on the KGYM app or wherever you get your podcasts.